Saturday night. Uh, thank you for bearing with us a little bit this evening and hanging out. Yeah, uh, no problem. What's going on, man? It's uh, apparently so. What we found out today, uh, for those of you who might be new to this radio thing, uh, we used to do this in a way more janky manner years ago, mm-hmm. and you were our, one of our first guests. I oh, think, really? In the attic. Yeah, that was like, one of the first things. I think that crazy. was like maybe the third time we ever attempted to do radio. I might even mm. pretend like we were doing it well at that time. But, mm, uh, yeah, it was me and then Logan came up. I don't even know if Logan Cage, is that what he goes yeah, by yeah, now? Uh, is that what he goes by? Logan again. Oh, he's back yeah, to yeah, just yeah, Logan. back to Logan. He went okay. to Lauren phase for a little bit, came back. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, but he was the other guest, and I remember he came up there, and like I met Welby from these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We had the whole crew going. Uh, that was back at the old house in the attic. Now we got a little different situation. We're a little further south, but uh, yeah. same vibe, same things. Uh, you've come a long way in that time. Yeah, you've been yeah. doing a lot of things. What Which is, it feels, it feels weird to to hear that and to say that, just because, like, in the past three years, I've put out a little bit of music, but I haven't really put out too much. Well, I mean, let's get into it. That's a great segue. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about on that side, so it's perfect. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you say that, like. I always discern between like Chicago art. Nah, I hate saying that. Like I'm too much a hometowner sometimes. But like with like Chicago artists uh, or artists, I appreciate. Like they don't make albums just to make albums. We had this mm-hmm. conversation before the show. Like you seem like every time you make an album, you put something out. It's uh, very efficient. It's very mm-hmm. like I said that about like Tierra Wax, like minute long song thing she did. It was efficient. Mm-hmm. It was very dense. Like you seem like when you put something out, it means something. Yeah. Um, mixtape is God intended. Yep. Take me through the process of getting to this point right now. So, um, I mean, it kind of started off last year. I had a beat from a guy named Golden Beats. And I, he lives in Portland. He's from Seattle. Shout out to Golden Beats. He and I are actually my next project through the label that's kind of distributing the mixtape or the physical copies of it. Machine Wash, who's okay. been really... Shout out to Machine Wash Records. Shout out to Kay. Shout out Alex. Shout out Alex. Shout out Sean Doe. Um, oh, nice. Where yeah, they at? Is yeah. that here? In the yeah, that's in Chicago. All and right. they're all kind of dudes from like an older generation of Chicago hip hop. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically what they did was, um, or what happened with the mixtape, I got a little off track. What happened with the mixtape was, uh, you know, I had this beat in my in my email from Golden Beats um, and I just wrote a rap to it. I was on spring break for my job. I'm a teacher. And so uh, my goal was to just write a mixtape while I was on break. I was inspired. I was caffeinated. I was on the bus. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to uh, sit down and write. And so one of the things that I wanted to do when I was sitting down and, and writing it was I just wanted to write like a whole bunch of raps, like just a verse to a different beat a day, just so I could stay sharp because I'm, I'm working every day. So I don't really necessarily have the time to like sit down, write three songs mm. or three verse songs, you know? Um, yeah. Like you got to kind of do, I, I feel you though. Like, uh, on the writing side, like as I've gotten older, I found that I write in pieces more than I used to. It used to be like a one sit down thing and now it becomes like a put it away, come back to it type of thing. Yeah. I mean, you just have more things taking up your time and taking up that energy and taking up that space. So, um, what I tried to do, there was a, there's a guy uh, who mentored my mentor, who's a poet 
who said, you know, I try to sit down and even if it's only three or four lines, I try to write every day. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so when I heard that, that's when I tried to challenge myself to like write a 16 a day. Um, so that was one of the first 16s I wrote. And then I just kind of went through the instrumentals on my phone and was putting things together. And there are some beats that I like that are more contemporary. There are some beats that I like that are kind of older. And so just from that one verse from writing it, it kind of led to me writing verses to a bunch of different beats that I really liked. So like the 4 p.m. in Calabasas beat by Drake, which I really love. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Clarity beat by Nipsey Hussle, Problems by Black, um, and then some of the older beats, so like Goody Bag by Goody Mob, mm -hmm. and <laughs> a few of the older, a few of the older joints, um, you know. And I just tried to write about um, things that I've been thinking about, things I've been going through, and then like do a little bit of the battle rapping thing, but but in the in the bragging thing but in a different way than how i'm used to do it like mm -hmm. traditionally my style as a rapper has been very like set up punchline set up punchline set up punchline mm -hmm. and then just trying to find different ways to basically show that i'm really good at rapping and talk about it but where it doesn't sound pretentious it could be a little a little tongue-in-cheek a little self-deprecating and um you know trying to do punchlines basically that aren't just metaphors and similes and so i just sat down i wrote um it maybe took me a few months I like looked back at all of the 16s I'd been writing, probably picked the best ones out of all of them, found beats for them. And then I went into 406 with Solar 5 mm -hmm. from yeah. Sky Mob and, um, and uh, shout, out to, shout out to Solar 5. And then I recorded my parts for the tape basically in one two hour session. And then I just went back, like I had them and then I was listening to them. I went back, maybe made edits to like two or three verses. And then um, from there started the very long process of like showing the tape to people and mm -hmm. just kind of gauging feedback, gauging their opinions, seeing what, seeing whether or not they were messing with it or rocking with it. And then um, it seemed like people were, were warm to the idea of doing a tape like that. So um, I just tried to make sure it was as sharp as it could possibly be before it came out. I encountered machine wash kind of along the way. They were really into the idea, especially because it could kind of like generate a little bit of buzz for me. Sure, yeah. And then, um, you know, I'm going to be working with them on a few future projects, but this is the first one to kind of kickstart that. And then the first one to kind of re kickstart my rap career, because I really feel like the last project I put out, The Damn Near Grown, was mm -hmm. kind of like the end of an era for me as a rapper. And How's this is that? the beginning of a new one. I mean, it's just kind of like the, it. you know, I, I think if you listen to my material, starting in 2007 i put out an album when i was 17 called one eye open mm -hmm. and it was kind of like similar in in certain respects to the tone of this one where it was like a lot of battle rap some concept stuff um like very chicago underground hip-hop like early 2000s sure. style um and then from there you could kind of hear me trying to wrestle with the idea of becoming a songwriter mm -hmm. um beyond just being a rapper for the next few projects and um, damn near grown kind of felt like a culmination of all of that. Okay. Yeah. And, finally, like, kind and, of put it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just like been having that record on the radio, like, I mean, that's been, when did that come out now? 2015. That's so tw almost, yeah, 2015, yeah, yeah actually three years ago today, today, three years ago today. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, go crazy. We yeah. Did all right. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Our timing is decent. <laughs> I know. Do you have, you have an air, air horn button on the, uh, I got, you could I, just I, always go with that. You know what I mean? We needed Mars up here. People always have to remind me. I know I'm, I'm terrible with this Mars. It's all good. There we go. There it is. Yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. We got it. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so today is like the today is like the third anniversary of it. But um, which I didn't even think Congratulations about. Congratulations on your anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just being able to have that um, 
be kind of the culmination of that, it feels really good because now it's like, all right, cool, I can kickstart it. I can remind people how good I am at rapping while also kind of delving into some of the deeper stuff I've been dealing with. So like there's kind of this segment of the mixtape where it gets into deeper things like, you know, I've lost um, family members, I've lost friends, I've lost teachers, I've, I've lost students over the course of the past four years. Um, and so like there, there are a few verses on the tape where I'm kind of talking about wrestling with that loss mm -hmm. and trying to figure out um, trying to figure out how to cope with it and trying to figure out how to not cope, like what not to do in order to sure, cope yeah, with it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's, it sounds like some growth. Yeah. Sounds like a it, lot of growth. It, it is. Yeah. It is. So, um, yeah, I mean, just, this is the first time I feel like I'm really playing to my strengths as an artist and taking myself into consideration and not necessarily fans or like trying to grow a fan base or metrics, you yeah, know, yeah. like likes and retweets and, and views and listens or whatever. And just trying to focus on, um, cause I think if I'm doing what I do best to the best of my ability, then I think all of those things are going to kind of come along organically. And I think that's actually what's what this project is proving. That's real. And like, for those those who might not be familiar with you out in the, the world of the internet and everything else, mm -hmm. um, I mean, you came up as you mentioned a bit as a teacher. So yeah. some of some of the pupils that like you know that people might know, you know, the sabas and the mm -hmm. and the chances and things like that that you've like overseen. Um, you've been the guy, like I I remember like first time I went to YCA and like mm -hmm. you were like a, you're not just a person there. You're like a, you're like the walls. Like you're like part <laughs> of it. Right? Like, so yeah. like. Um, it's so interesting to me, like, listen, you talk about the way you put together an album, the way you approach writing, because I think that, you know, having te like to be teaching this all the time, to be teaching this craft, do you ever like almost get in your own head? Do you feel like you can explain something so well a million different times, but then when you have to sit down and like do it yourself and like, mm. get a little daunting? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know what it is? It's the, re it's the reverse of that. It's okay. like, I think when it's kind of like, and this is going to sound like a really lofty comparison and I'm I'm not trying to say that I am this person. You're good. But like Michael Jordan uh -huh. is a is a great basketball player, not a great coach. Right, yeah. Not a great on front the back office <laughs> executive, like not a great team owner, you know, I think sometimes when there are certain things that come naturally to you as mm -hmm. an, as an artist or certain strengths, it's hard to be able to explain what they are. But I think one of the things that teaching has done for me is like it's forced me to figure out like and unpack what works for me. And then another thing that teaching has done for me too is it's, it's uh, you know, it's allowed me to see a bunch of kids with a bunch of different styles and be able to appreciate them and try to help kids get to a place where they can play to their own strengths mm -hmm. as opposed to me trying to mold them into a rapper I would prefer. Well, that's you know? what I was going to say is like, yeah, you can't, you're constantly like looking at a million different like aspects of what rap is or mm -hmm. like how to approach a certain storytelling technique. Yeah. I could imagine that like that, like you got to come home and kind of like declutter your mind a little bit. Yeah. Like, you got to like figure out what your path is. Whereas like somebody who's really good at telling a story one, like you were talking about like, you know, being able to do like, uh, like verse, uh, I'm, I'm fucking up right now. Uh, All good. <laughs> no worries. But you're being, like being able to have the punchlines and like, being yeah. able, like you're good at that. Like there's some people who are really good at like one thing. They can focus on that. That's their thing. And they can just like forget about everything else. Whereas you are kind of like looking at everything and having to pick something. Right? Yeah. But I mean, but that's been helpful for me, I think, is, is being able yeah. to like, you know, I can listen to Freddie Gibbs or and I could take something away from listening to him. I could take something away from listening to Young Thug mm -hmm. or like Lil Baby or Gunna and figure out with that with that like not necessarily how to copy their style but like trying to figure out like okay what what would it sound like if i was trying to like 
be more concise or be more melodic in my delivery like yeah. what would that sound like or um and i and i think that 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 working in that position and also just sitting back in chicago and being fortunate en enough to be able to witness everybody's growth firsthand has been really cool too and and you know uh to give a little bit of a correction for what you said, like, oh, excuse me. no, it's okay. Don't apologize. Uh, <laughs> I didn't actually oversee Sab or Chance. I was able, like Chance, I actually haven't worked with in that capacity, yeah, like yeah. in a workshop, but to be able to, to, you know, be at the open mic with them. You were the, see, like, yeah, my bad. You were the nah, you were part of like the place that set the pasture. Like, you yeah, were, like, we were, so we were the generation. So like, I'm thinking of, of like me add to, Nate Marshall, who's a poet now, but was still and still raps every now and then and is in a group called Daily Lyrical Product. Um, SCP, Green Slime was around for this too. He was more DJing than he was rapping at this point. But we were we were all kind of we were all kind of the the bridge generation okay. between Chance and No Name and Vic and Sab and Mick. And the guys who came before us, which is like typical cats, Lock mm. Hill, like everybody who was doing the moment thing, um, giraffe nuts, guys like Encyclopedia Brown and the Cypher Bullies, Sketch 185, and and Lamont Manuel, Gyroscope, Wizard Jenkins the Great, Malak L, Gilead Seven, and everybody in Tomorrow Kings, um, Wizard Jenkins the Great. You know, just we're that bridge generation. So we were young enough to do things like go to each other's high schools and record and, and make music together and cipher together and kind of build our abilities like that. Um, but still like connected enough to the independent hip hop generation in Chicago where we were kind of taking things from them mm -hmm. and like that battle style and whatever and applying it to what we were doing as young people. Um, and I think ultimately we, we were the features on the open mic but the actual open mic list would be way crazier than our features. Cause okay. you'd have like Chance, I'm, the first time I heard Nostalgia by Chance was at Harold Washington Library mm. at the open mic. And he was like handing out, you know, five day and, or I think it was five day, I don't know. Um, he was handing out some some CD. I, it wasn't ten day yet. It was some. It was like he's been it was five. Ever it since, was five so. day. Yeah, I think it was like the five day CD. I remember getting it off of him and, um, you know, hearing Nico Cigar rap or like read poetry um, or hearing no name rap or, or read poetry um, and Malcolm London is the host and you know, Lucky X is on the open mic list mm -hmm. and Mick Jenkins is on the open mic list. And you know, it's an open mic list that if it were, a, if it were a bill now would cost you like 50 bucks right. to see at the very least. And that's right. crazy, right? Like, yeah. What was it like for you to like participate in that? I mean, like it's like, I don't mean to like, you know, misstate nah. or anything like that, but like, you know, to, you know, I think like Kevin gets like, you know, Kevin's been talked about a lot, like mm -hmm. with his, his book coming out last year and everything. And like, you know, he's been in the public eye, but like, you know, there's like a larger army that's behind him too, that like you guys have all really set the stage for everything that's happened. I mean, when you talk about, you can't talk about Chicago hip hop in the last five years without mentioning YCA, U mm -hmm. Media and the things that you kind of happened. What was your reason to want to like turn around and like, that's kind of the opposite. We were talking outside about how competitive hip hop is. Yeah. And you kind of flipped it on its head with that situation, right? Like you went back mm -hmm. and started helping people out. Right. Um, and that's not the typical, I guess, but it's also what is giving our city like so much shine right now. Um, so it's like, you know, it's, it's a weird dichotomy between the two things. How do you feel about it right now? Um, I mean, we're all students of Kevin, like every, almost everybody I mentioned, except for ad too. So like, 
you know, I was in I was in Kevin's um, aesthetics of hip hop class. It, like my first class, my first experience at YCA was Kevin taught an aesthetics of hip hop class um, when YCA was on division by Roberto Clemente High School. An aesthetics of aesthetics of hip hop. That's so it was the most like Kevin Koval. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. But at, at the time, yeah, like it's, it's like the mid it's the mid two thousand. That's an amazing name for a class. Though. It is, and the and that was what drew me to YCA because I was in. You know, I, I, where I went to high school, it was like a very academically competitive high school, but they also were not like just America in general wasn't open minded to the idea that hip hop could be educational mm -hmm. or that like or an educational tool or or that hip hop had any real academic value. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what year are you talking? Th I'm talking about this is like 2005. OK, cool, cool. So I remember seeing that flyer and seeing aesthetics of hip hop and being like, Oh, so this is somebody who's validating hip hop as an art form. And eventually I'm going to answer your question. Uh, this is somebody <laughs> who's validating hip hop as an art form and rap as a medium of expression. So I'm going to go there. And I remember the first class I, I ever took with Kev. He played us Respiration by Black Star in Common. And that was my first time hearing that song. And I was hooked like I was in. And then I remember, I think it was either that year. Yeah, I think it was that year. I told Kev, I was like, yeah, I want to I want to teach a class. And he actually let me lead a workshop. And like, you're so like, and, and I'm I was doing the math. 15, like 16, yeah, yeah, right. I was 15 years old, and he was like letting me lead workshops. Um, and guys like, and people, not guys, but people like uh, Kevin, Idris Goodwin, Felicia Rose Chavez, Krista Franklin, Tony Asante Lightfoot, people who you know. What's, who, hold on, let me cut you off. You know what's crazy about that? I was in college, and I had Felicia was one of my creative writers. She's oh, wow. married to Idris, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. She was one of my creative writing teachers at the University of Iowa, brought Idris, and he taught us about breakbeat poetry my freshman year, sophomore year of college. Mm, that's and crazy. it's so weird to draw that line. My bad. Nah, <laughs> like you said Felicia. I was like, that's actually yeah. Weird. Nah, but hey Felicia, if you out there. Yeah, hey, what's good? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like they're they've all they all were so instrumental in not only in um, my development as a writer and a poet, but as a human being yeah, as yeah. well, and, and shaped how I thought. Well, the, I mean, there is like a discipline to like the whole scene you guys have over there, you know? Like yeah. when you come in, we were talking earlier, you know, you like respect the people, you respect the time. Like uh, there's like a whole discipline to coming up in that. Yeah, and, and you're just meeting, like the other thing too is this is pre-social media. So right. like I'm meeting people from around the city. I'm thinking I'm the only person who really has this vested interest in this culture and there are people from around the city who feel the same way, who listen to the same music, who, you know, because the music I was listening to might not necessarily have been the music that people in my high school were listening right. to. Um, but just to be able to build, like, I remember discovering that community was such like community a community outside of high school type thing. Yeah, right? it was so awesome. And so, um, and, you know, I have a mentor uh, named Peter Kahn, who's a guy that I work with, who's a brilliant educator and, and poet in um runs a full-time spoken word program that's excellent um and something that he taught me in addition to all of those people was you know what we have is valuable but at a certain point we're going to get old enough to the point where we have to find that for ourselves and facilitate it for other people coming up after us and so a big a big part of my work at a certain point was um and a friend of mine from college actually reminded me of this I was like, I would just spout off so much different hip hop knowledge. And dude actually told me, his name's Jair. He actually told me, he was like, dude, you know all of this stuff. If you don't become a teacher, it's gonna become useless information. Like this, inf this has to go to other people. And so that was a driving force behind my getting into education in general. 
but specifically into rap because I want to do for kids who don't feel affirmed or validated in what they enjoy doing or what they enjoy listening to in a way that Kevin or Idris or Krista or Felicia or Tony Asante Lightfoot or Krista Franklin or Avery R. Young in a way that they did that for me. Um, so I just want to keep, I want to pay it forward and then hopefully the people coming up under me will pay it forward too. No, and I think honestly, thank you for all that. Cause like, honestly, yeah. that's, I think that's the part of the story a lot of people miss when they look at Chicago hip hop. And I mm -hmm. think that's like, it's something that when I, I've been covering whatever story I've been covering, you know, there's that idea of the Chicago Renaissance that came along. It was like, how did all these rappers come from Chicago? And, you know, mm -hmm. especially when the coast started coming in and talking about it, I mean, people forget that you guys built a really amazing foundation here for a lot of people to take off from mm -hmm. and like, you know, not to be like that person, but like people got to pay attention to that. Like that's yeah. very important. You know what I mean? Like what you guys did for the city, I think is super special because not, it's not like it was a club. It's not like in mm -hmm. New York where they had a club that everybody went to and uh, that's where you got on like a NAS thing or something like that. Right. Yeah. It was, you guys created a community. You guys created like a structure that people can actually like learn and grow in and you see the fruits of your labor now. Yeah. Not only that, we don't talk about all that. Also, you got your own music out. Yeah, thank you. Um, and it's something like, every time you put a project out, it's always playing, like like you can go on Miles Sauce Radio and see how often we're spinning this stuff. But yeah, I've always appreciated your honesty in the music and I like uh, it. keeping it keeping it to like the, the stuff, we were all having this conversation, Mars and everybody off before we got started and it was like, there's that sense of like that soul that kind of got lost in the early 2000s that like you've kind of been rocking through you know mm -hmm. you get that lyrics you get the the lyrical a little bit right the, yeah the chicago yeah, stamp of but course. take me through like you know you're, you touched a little bit on the evolution of where you're trying to go mm -hmm. um where do you like how do you feel about what you just put out and like where do you kind of see this going a little bit um i i mean first of all this is my best project this is my best piece of work that's how you should always feel. Right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know, yeah, but I, but amazing. this is the first one that I listen to. I, I would listen back to it on a regular basis awesome. and, and, and legitimately enjoy it as if I hadn't made it. Mm -hmm. Where before, even if my music was playing in the room, I'd leave. I can, because yeah, I even if it. even if people were enjoying it or listening to it, all I would hear would be like the technical glitches. Yeah, or like you hear everything. Damn, little like thing. I took, <laughs> you know, I took this breath and I should have paused here. You know, like or like I dragged this syllable a little too long. But this was the first one that I just kept coming back to over and over again. Um, and so I feel like this is my best piece of work. And where I'm really trying to take it is like I feel like okay, I've developed this niche and this sound for myself in this lane. Mm -hmm. So really, all I'm gonna try to do is keep getting sharper at this. And I have a, a, a little bit of like the songwriting toolkit that I can pull from if I need it, if yeah. I need to. And I never want to be stagnant. Like I always kind of want to be better. But I also want to make sure that what I'm doing, you know, like every time I, I approach a new song, I want to make sure that what I'm doing is right for the song and right for what I want it to sound like. Because mm -hmm. I think in the past, I've taken into account like, all right, cool. Chance is super popping. Sab is super popping. What are they doing? How can I do that so I can reach their audience when in reality, the type of music I make and the type of music I enjoy making might not necessarily resonate with that audience. Right. If I tried if I tried to make that kind of music like they do, because I can't because they make that music really well because that's who they are. Right. You know, um, so well, we were talking about this like on the last show or uh, with Mars and uh, Koch before they went on. It was like. I think we were talking about it with like Kanye or like people like every anytime a Chicago person steps outside of like their authentic self, I feel like it's really obvious. I feel like people from like the coast, like East Coast, West Coast, they can kind of like put on a facade. 
But the second somebody from Chicago like steps outside of like who they are authentically, you can tell immediately. It doesn't come off the same. Yeah. And like I, I, that's something that like what you're talking about with the like the way you write and the way you approach it, like yeah, you can't you can't really pretend to be somebody else. You mm-hmm. gotta just like find what it is. So what is it for yeah. you? Like what would you what would you uh, put your stamp on that like you're really championing? Uh, you know, I think a thing that I've gotten a lot better at is just like really concise writing. Mm-hmm. I think I've gotten a lot better at delivery. I think I have a good rap voice and I think I have a good, like I know what flows to use like in every song. Like I know what pocket is the right pocket for my cadences to sit in given the beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when it's cool, when like I'm feeling a hook, like if I need to throw a hook in there, if I don't need to throw a hook in there, like I know how to do that. Um, I know how to pick beats that I would sound good on which is something that a lot of rappers don't do. It's something I was bad at. Like I was really bad at kind of picking beats that, that um, for like in the process of me making this tape, I was working on a million other projects and some of the stuff that I was making, like some of the music, um, I, I would go back and I'd listen to the beats and I really love the beats, but I don't know what I would, I would get stuck when it came time to write to them or yeah, yeah. what I would you write would sound corny yeah, yeah. or forced. And so finally I came to the conclusion that it was because I wasn't writing on beats that I, I that fit me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't writing on beats that I would sound good on. And they would be, and it would like break my heart a little bit. Cause it's kind of like, um, this is a, this is a really bad, this is a really bad analogy, but it felt like, when you saw your ex move on to the next person and then it and like it's I was like, gonna say I like know, when you saw somebody with a pair of shoes that you no, just couldn't pull off or something. Nah, I never <laughs> felt I never felt I never felt like that about shoes. Uh so it, it was like so like just feeling like that passionately and like knowing that beat's super crazy and then knowing that beat's gonna go to somebody else who probably will do like whatever is appropriate with it. That, see, that's why this analogy is so terrible and kind of, <laughs> and kind of sexist. I apologize. But like it really, but, it, but that it? really, yeah, yeah. but that really was kind of like the, the feeling I got. And then at a certain point I started hitting producers up and being like, you know what? Like, I know I got this beat from you. Um, you can use it for whatever you want. I don't think it fits me. I, I love this beat. That's, and, that's and, like a grown up thing to do, right? Yeah. Like, and that's, I think that's kind of the theme of like, what we've been talking about a lot is like the, the growth and the evolution. Like, you know, yeah. any artist can talk about growth and evolution, but like those little discerning moments, like mm-hmm. this isn't for me really. Like I'm gonna go this direction. Like yeah. it seems like you've kind of at a point right now where you're like pretty definitively knowing where you're headed. Yeah. I mean, I accept who I am. I accept the type of music I make. I accept that the kind of music I make might not necessarily attract the, the, um, and this, this isn't gonna be as pretentious as it sounds like. The music I make, there are people who are looking for it and, the, and there might not be as many people looking for it, but um, I know that the people who find it and appreciate it genuinely do. And I know that they're gonna stick with me and they're gonna stick with the music. And it makes it a lot easier for me to like, just continue like building out my sound and my discography and not really have to be resentful or jealous of where somebody else is versus me. Yeah. Cause I'm just focusing on making sure that my my work is as good as it can possibly be because it's going to find somebody. And that's the best mentality to have. Um, so no, like, no, like Chicago skyline tattoo across the forehead. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing too. Like even being called a Chicago artist, like I'm from river forest originally. And so, and I lived in Chicago for a little bit in my twenties, but I've lived in the suburbs for most of my life. I respect that. So I even, well. so like I'm around, so I'm like around the Chicago scene while also, understanding that I've been privileged in the fact that a lot of my friends who are Chicago artists have had to go through a lot more 
a lot more to get to where they need to be. Definitely, and I've yeah. been able to operate at a remove for a long time and kind of study and like be isolated by myself and be safe and not have to worry about all of the other stuff that friends of mine have dealt with who are who are like dealing with trauma or like everyday kind mm -hmm. of like the 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 day to day of having to live in the city and that kind of in those kinds of stresses. So and I think that I feel like you pay it back well. I feel like, you know, we, mm -hmm. this is a weird thing at this point, you know, with the guy we have around the country and stuff. Yeah. But, like, my thing has always been try to do as much as you possibly can to, mm -hmm. to right whatever stupid wrongs with the Tiki Torch Whites in Virginia and shit yeah. like that. Um, but you do such a good job of that. And, like, it's it's amazing. Like, I commend you for, like, having that sense of... Like, yeah, I mean, I just, about it. you know and, what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, you can, I know it sucks to like be, pat someone on the back for that, but like, there's a lot of motherfuckers out here that don't really like have that sensibility to them. So yeah, it's all it's about, good to recognize, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's all about self-awareness and mm -hmm. that's something that people pulled my coat to early on about, you know, being from the suburbs and like, you know, not claiming Chicago and the music, not claiming Chicago and the rhymes, because again, like I haven't, I haven't necessarily earned the right to be able to claim it but I've also participated in Chicago's hip hop community and Chicago's hip hop scene. Yeah, yeah. And if it wasn't for, and like I'm forever indebted and grateful to that scene because if it wasn't for that, if it didn't, if it wasn't for the music that was made by that scene, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be the artist I am today. I wouldn't be able to write the way that I write. I wouldn't be able to think the way that I think about, about music, about putting it out, about writing it. Um, Do you feel like it's getting too easy for people to come to Chicago and claim it? Nah, cause at a certain point, like, they just fall off, you yeah. know, like they're, I see that a lot, like across like everything, not just in music, but like you see so many people coming from other places to Chicago mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, uh, they're like claim Chicago. Mars, I'm sorry. I'm not talking about St. Louis. I love St. Louis. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm like, but even like we talk about it a lot, like the, like I've learned a lot about St. Louis from these guys, like working on the shows and stuff. And mm -hmm. it's really interesting, like seeing like how Chicago is like looked at, but there's so many people that come from other places, come to the city, and then like immediately claim. And you're you're, what ten minutes outside of the border? Like you're not that yeah. You're not that far outside. But there's people from you know I I grew up in the burbs too, and I've always kind of had that weird relationship. Like you're part of the scene, you're not you know city's different type thing. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like it's getting too easy for people to come here, or do you feel like it's still kind of keeping this rep on that sense? There's a there's a John Coltrane quote that I've been living by lately. John Coltrane's my favorite artist of all time and John Coltrane said you can play a shoestring if you're sincere and that's kind of how I read people <laughs> like you know what I right. mean like just like if I can I I'm, I've been I one of the things that living in Chicago or not living in Chicago one of the things about being in the Chicago hip-hop community and like having friends in Chicago is it's it gets really really easy to read sincerity versus insincerity definitely. and I can definitely spot when somebody is being sincere or insincere mm -hmm. and people who are insincere in their intentions when they're here and working in the city and they're not really trying to build but they're trying to like come off of like the scene and like take inspiration and then go like take it somewhere else or people who are trying to co-op these styles and take it somewhere else like they don't really last that long yeah they, yeah. Don't, they don't really stick and, and they get unfortunately well actually not nah, fortunately they kind of like end up outside of a lot of circles mm -hmm. yeah by that same token. That. i mean we both we're both 29 at this point not to sell us out for being old and our shit but, uh like we were saying earlier it's fun like getting older a little bit and you see those how that happens and you see how people come and don't and like the ego yeah. is to me the biggest thing but um we're getting a little deep yeah nah it's <laughs> um fine. take me back out though uh we're getting we're getting on a little bit we should okay. probably get out of here so you can get get home yeah 
do you want to is that too much news no nah, that's not no nah. i dropped i dropped a mixtape like two weeks after getting engaged yeah, two man. Weeks after getting, yeah 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 thank you yeah you're on the break right now uh teaching? nah i have i have one more week but it's kind of light on teaching yeah, this yeah. this week was year, yeah. this week was my heaviest i had six classes i was teaching five classes in a row so this week was kind of the heaviest so this is going to be a nice way to ease into break but yeah man I got, I got engaged yeah. thank you shout out to my fiance christina i know you watching at home <laughs> baby and if you're not watching at home i know you're gonna watch this later <laughs> we so, had to yeah. get that in right yeah, yeah hey man uh where can people we got shows coming up you got stuff coming um up. Where can people so catch you late january we'll do a release show i don't want to say when the exact date is until we have a flyer Smart. together for that yeah. but uh late january we're gonna do a release show um and then yeah if you want to find me on social media twitter.com slash d-e-f-c-e-e d-e-f-c-e-e on instagram soundcloud um the tape is available on bandcamp but not mine so if you want to get uh if you want to download the tape machine wash music all of that spelled correctly machine wash music.bandcamp.com also we're selling limited edition physical cassette copies of the tape um which is kind of crazy because the first mixtapes i made were actually tapes from the radio or like tapes we we're talking about that full like tapes. 20 years <laughs> yeah like from my cd collection um so machine wise shout out to the team one more time actually put out these physical edition cassettes so if you cop a ten dollar cassette you get a free download of the tape amazing and you get an actual tape too so you should definitely check that out and then you go get a tape player pop that thing in yeah or you know it could just like be a centerpiece it is a nice, your coffee it is table nice you know what i mean like a, a physical piece or yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you know you can you can remind people that you two lived through the 90s <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but man thank you so much for coming on it's thanks for having me yeah I appreciate likewise. it this has been def c j yeah. Krez, mild sauce live and uh, make sure you go out and get the album and everything we're gonna yep. be back again very soon